Welcome back to Business Matters with me, Roger Hearing, and my guests today, Azit Biswas and Alison van Diggelen. Now, Julia Gillard used to be Prime Minister of Australia. She was, in fact, the country's first woman Prime Minister. She was the victim of a great deal of overt and sometimes more subtle sexist bullying. And back in 2012, she made a speech in the Australian Parliament saying what she was facing and enduring. Here's part of that. I was offended too by the sexism, by the misogyny of the Leader of the Opposition catcalling across this table at me as I sit here as Prime Minister. If the Prime Minister wants to, politically speaking, make an honest woman of herself, something that would never have been said to any man sitting in this chair. I was offended when the Leader of the Opposition went outside in the front of Parliament and stood next to a sign that said, Ditch the Witch. Well, she accused the opposition leader, Tony Abbott, of exploiting sexist prejudice. Julia Gillard chose not to have children, and she suggested that comments by Mr Abbott like this were intended to draw attention to that. Uh, One child is still in the cot when the second one comes along. One child is still in the pram when the second one comes along. So you actually need to get an extra cot or a double-sized pram. I think if the government was a bit more experienced in this area, they wouldn't come out with glib lines like that. Well, Julia Gillard's speech on misogyny to Parliament has lasted long after she fell from power. It's been viewed millions of times on YouTube, and she's become something of an icon of equal treatment for women. Now, Alison, I know you've been speaking to Julia Gillard, um, and you've talked to her about the impact that her speech had. Indeed, yes. Last week I sat down with Julia Gillard and talked about her speech. It's known as the misogyny speech. You can find it on YouTube. It's an empowering speech for many women and actually a wake-up call for many unenlightened men. So I thought she might provide some good insights about Silicon Valley's sexism and harassment issues, particularly the ones that Uber has been accused of, and she did not disappoint. So I began by asking her if there was anything she would add to her speech in today's environment? I certainly uh, speak today still on gender discrimination, but I wouldn't change that speech. It was, you know, given in a moment of time, and I think it was the right speech for that moment. And I think for many women, it's come to represent uh, something that uh, says to them, um, you know, answers some of their own frustrations. I know a lot of women come up to me and say, you know, I watched your speech because this happened to me at work and I woke up at three o'clock in the morning and I really wish I'd said X or Y or Z, but I didn't. And then I've watched your speech and it's given me some heart that next time around I really should call out sexism when I see it. And so here in Silicon Valley, the women in tech are facing, you know, they're in a minority situation and in some instances they're facing a hostile environment at work. Do you have any specific lessons learned or advice for them? What's interesting about this Silicon Valley environment is, if anything, uh, company reputation and consumer pressure is actually putting the spotlight on businesses to change behaviour. And I think women can work with that, uh, can work with that to put a spotlight on work practices in the business that they work with, but can also work with it to put a spotlight more generally on the fact that not enough women uh, study and come through the science, technology, engineering and maths kind of stream, the 
the STEM stream, as we refer to it today, and we do want to be encouraging more girls to go into the sciences, into engineering, into coding, into computer science, into new technology, because that's where so much of the future is going to lie. Uber in particular has been accused of having this hostile environment to women. If you were on the board of Uber or advising them, what is your advice to them as to what needs to be done? Well, I would give the same advice to any company, whether it had already had a public problem or not. Uh, first and foremost, I think you've got to look at hiring practices and see whether there is any gender bias, even unconscious bias, that is stopping uh, women coming through. Uh, then you've got to look at your promotion practices to see if there's any bias in that. Once again, it could be quite unconscious. Uh, managers who are looking and who are valuing time sitting at the desk rather than results, and that will tend to count against women who also have family responsibilities. Uh, I'd be setting policies and practices and cultural norms which were about every working person treating each other with respect. No sort of practices of going on uh, boys' nights out where the women who work there are very much excluded. Uh, so I think that there's a range of things you can do from structural biases, actual policies cultural influences that will make a difference to workplaces but you've got to be thoughtful about it and thoughtful at every level and you've got to make it easy for women to say something's wrong here and there's got to be all sorts of ways of raising a complaint including putting in complaints with anonymity uh, so women can get a spotlight on issues without feeling that they themselves are at risk. I think Julia makes two points that are worth underlining, and that is, one, the power of social media, that women can leverage that to their advantage, shine a light on sexism, bad behaviour, and also just to look at hiring practices, promotions, and this bias that's going on. It was a very good conversation. She's a smart, insightful person. She certainly comes over that way. Asya, let me come to you on this, because it's interesting to get into that whole point of of where we are in all this. We're used to the assumptions that many of the, the glass ceilings, many of the problems that women have in the workplace have gone. But in your experience, uh, in the areas, I guess, of of government and and academia that you work in, do you think that's true now? Do you think a lot of progress has been made? There has been some progress. There's no question about that. But is that enough? I don't think it has been enough. Even in the academia, the number of people, number of the university presidents who are women, you can count at least that I know of, I can count in the fingers of my two hands and still have many fingers left over. Uh, so at the senior levels, there is still glass ceiling. The deans, uh, more more women are coming in, but still there's a great deal of glass ceiling. Uh, some areas we are improving, but some areas we are not improving. One of the big problems I see now, I was in India a couple of months ago, and uh, I was surprised to see the culture has actually retrogressed. There are more harassment. Uh, not very much is being done about it. So, the, so. And, and Azir, I mean, do you is it? Do you think it's because there's a kind of hostile, almost a casual sexism? I mean, we were hearing there from Julia Gillard about ways in which, for example, you know, boys' nights out and that kind of thing are exclusive. Do you think it's that sort of thing that's the problem, rather than uh, perhaps overt prejudice? There are ma- many reasons uh, for that. Uh, one of the things we see in many many parts of, many parts of the world, uh, the mechanic, the reputational problem of the companies, that is something we have to think about it. 
what's happened happened for example in the fox news now i understand sec is now these allegations against a, a fox news presenter yes for those allegations made i understand now uh, sec is looking into uh, how those payments were accounted for to the shareholders I do want to go back to Julia Gillard's point about consumer pressure. You know, boycott movements are happening against Fox because of, you know, these accusations. Yeah, we should explain. Of, uh, it's Bill, Bill O'Reilly, there have been allegations against him, and it's, it's, it's emerged that money has been paid to those people, although he says the allegations have no merit. Yes, exactly. So there are boycott movements uh, going on and shining a light on sexism and bad behaviours. Companies can't get away with it like they used to. So tech is playing a role in exposing these bad behaviours. And I think a lot of companies are aware of it and are trying to close the income gap between men and women and improving the retention rates of women and making them more comfortable and making sure that all men become enlightened men and treat women with the respect that they deserve. So it's a fascinating area and uh, and excellent to hear Julia Gillard and I'd say that speech that she made is available on YouTube and has been downloaded many many times and watched but it's, it is worth a watch because it does give an insight into the kind of pressures there are on people like her at the top something like politics but still suffering from a great deal of prejudice.